4: This podcast is brought to you by my brand new merch store over at BelowTheCollar.com. Just go to BelowTheCollar.com slash dream and choose from two brand new shirts with many more designs in the works. While comedians can't be on the road, this is a great way to show your support and look good while doing it. Once again, that's BelowTheCollar.com slash dream. Thank you guys so much. Love you And Scoo!
1: following views do not express those of the station, the station manager, the station advertisers, anybody associated with the station, or anybody in the building right now. This is Fox News Fair and Balanced.
3: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Caldwell's Conspiracy Corner. I am your host, everyone's favorite, Hillary Hayton, Gating, Race-baiting, Trump-filating, liver transplant-waiting, it's your boy, Ward Caldwell. Today on the show, we are talking corona conspiracies and Nancy Pelosi being caught shape-shifting outside of Panera Bread. But first, we gotta pay the bills and thank our sponsors over at Fabulous Freddy's Financially Feated. Feasible Foot Bronzer. Are you like most of our listeners? Have you somehow lost a foot? Diabetes? Fourth of July party? Getting too fucked up near a lawnmower? Whatever it is, down at Fabulous Freddy's Financially Feasible Foot Bronzer, we can help you hang on to that foot and make it useful. Do you need a paperweight? a doorstop something to throw at your kids why not bronze that old foot you ain't using at fabulous freddy's financially feasible foot bronzer losing your piggies just ain't no biggie and remember to use my promo code libtardcuck69 to get the first three toes free and now on with the show What a week, what a week. We have had the liberal media once again take the words out of Donald Trump's mouth and just twist them up like some queer balloon animal at a genderless toddler's birthday party. Yes, yes, Donald Trump knew the pandemic was serious, and yes, maybe he didn't tell us right away, but... Answer me this. Have you ever been driving your family down a dark road during an ice storm and skidded to miss a deer because it wasn't big enough to brag about anyways? Well, did you start screaming? No, you didn't, because your wife would freak out, and when women freak out, they start eating the children, because women have tiny brains and immediately go into survival mode at the first sign of trouble. We know this now, thanks to years of cave math and dirt science, but of course, you won't hear about it from the libtard media, because they are too busy telling you that if we don't quit lighting our farts and spraying Aquanet on snails to make them stick to the walls, then the goddamn sun is gonna explode. You know who they're trying to protect? Well it ain't you ladies and gentlemen, it's Big Sun and the Big Sun lobbyists who have been working their propaganda into Superman comic books since the 40s. You don't believe me? Then why was Superman's arch enemy a rich, bald, white man? Who is it the media has been trying to tell you is the enemy this whole time, huh? That's right. Rich, bald, white men. That is why Nancy Pelosi put chlorine in Jeff Bezos' water so that his hair would fall out and we'd consider him evil instead of what he really is, a hero who is finally going to take wealth control back from the G-
1: The proceeding was a paid commercial advertisement. We here at Fox do not condone any hate language, nor can we be held responsible or liable for anything said by one of our paid commercial advertisers. And now, Tucker Carlson. now it is time for Through the Screen Door with Corey Ryan Forrester. Today, we're going to watch Scott's Toss, talk about the news, a return <laughs> of Caldwell, but shaking his head, hating his life. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Corey Ryan Forrester. Hello, 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 Matt Cohn. How are you, my friend? I'm, I'm great, except I got blocked by Travis Tritt today.
4: Oh, well... Hey, here's a quarter call. Someone who cares. Am I right? What'd you, what you get? you in there just doing the Lord's work. Just telling Travis Tritt to go fuck himself on Twitter.
1: Yeah, basically. I just said he lied about something, which he did. because uh-huh. He's a fucking whack job. And yeah. within 10 minutes, Travis Tritt blocked me. And I'll tell you this much. The only thing I know for sure, two things I know for sure. I can play guitar better than him and I can kick his ass. Yeah. So I ain't worried about Travis, yeah. Tritt, but I think it's just funny.
4: I do think it's funny too. I also think it's funny that like I see so many of those maga people that con- that like not only do they block people but then they like brag about it like they like you like I promise you if I go on Travis Tritt's page right now there will be it might not mention you by name but there'll be something like just blocked another you know libtard or something like that. They they love to brag about blocking as if blocking isn't like such a signal of someone being weak. And like right. wanting to live in an echo chamber, which is the thing that they constantly like preach against. Like, oh, you liberals just want to hang out with each other and jerk each other off, and you're such snowflakes. And then here they go. And him
1: and James Woods actually search the words "resist" to. Block. Yeah, I saw that. So they'll search. They'll search people to block because they're so fragile. But I didn't want to interrupt your monologue, Corey. How's it going for you these days?
4: Oh, it's going well, Matt Coon. There's a lot going on in the news this week. As you may know, the NFL kicked off this week, and because of the crowdless stadiums due to coronavirus, artificial crowd noise was pumped in for the television broadcast, which Raiders fans said was extremely confusing. It was... (laughs) <laughs> they're, they're, not they're not used, used to, to that. that at
1: all. They're not they're used not to that, used, that at all. Yeah. They're
4: not not at all. Not the Raiders, because they, they historically suck. Not historically. Historically, they're a great franchise, but as of late, they have really not hit. Also, Matt Coonan, weird news. A lock of hair taken from Abraham Lincoln during his post-mortem exam was sold at an auction this week. The buyer chose to remain anonymous, but was quoted as saying, Now if I can figure out how to make Polyjuice Potion, I'll blow them
3: all away at the Penny Festival. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's stupid do you get that <laughs> do you, did you quite, watch Harry potter oh absolutely that's quite a quote though that's quite a quote mate. i
4: know in i, way I way. know this dude's fucking wacko i'd like to hang out with him i sound like regis this dude's a wacko he's a wacko Matt coon i want to hang out with him there's um, nothing i like
1: more than current impressions your impressions of, of topical people are I amazing i know dude i'm so
4: i'm so living in the past um in, in uh, up in, Oh, in New York City, Matt Coon, you, I don't know if you heard about this. New York City subway riders who don't mask up, who don't wear a mask, will start facing fines on Monday if they don't wear a mask. Local Woodside Queens pervert Jimmy McGinnis
3: said, well, then how will the Puerto Rican broads know I'm licking my lips when I'm staring at their hoo-hahs? Huh? Huh?
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's no
4: way to tell. No, I'm gonna get heat. I'm gonna get heat this week.
2: The,
4: um, Donald Trump held a crowded indoor campaign rally, ignoring objections by the governor because it may spread the coronavirus. This was in uh this was in in Nevada, Matt Coon. Donald Trump held an indoor campaign rally uh in Nevada. In a moment of lucidity from the usually clarity bereft president, Donald Trump said, Look. People who live in Nevada and support me have wanted to die for years. Okay? Okay? All right. All right. Matt Coon, Mike Bloomberg popping back up in the news. Mike Bloomberg committed $100 million to help Joe Biden win Florida. Can you believe that, Matt Coon? I cannot believe that a hundred million dollars to help joe biden win florida that doesn't make sense to me because for another 25 million he could just buy florida sell off the surplus of airbrush t-shirts use the profits to finance every trump supporter's moving fee and buy them a brand new f-150 rename the state titty city and sell it to china as an amusement park i mean come on it's so simple (laughs) titty city Titty City, Matt Coon. And finally, an upstate New York police deputy's gun went off in a diner, injuring two people. Now, look, Matt Coon, in his defense, the coffee was black.
3: All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's the monologue. Let's get on with the show.
1: Corey Ryan Forrester, another great, great monologue. People love the monologues. People love the show. Of course, people over at Patreon, patreon.com slash screendoor, love the show also because they get shows that are twice as long, including our Friday drop, JJ's Diner, all about Parks and Rec. Corey, we're getting so much great feedback, more and more listeners every week. How you feeling about Through the Screen Door?
4: I'm feeling great, man. I'm feeling all the love uh, for the first time in a long time. I'm actually like, I, and I got to get over it because this isn't healthy. I'm like every day going to check the reviews because I'm so thrilled and happy to be doing a new thing. And of course, I want that little endorphin drip that comes with scrolling and refreshing and seeing a new five star review. So thank you guys so much for putting those up. But man, I feel good. I feel like uh, because of this, because of you, I want to thank you, Matt Coon, for pushing me and helping me out with this. I feel like I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a creative uh boom right now i'm feeling great loving everything about it it's helping keep me sober or at least for the past couple weeks it has so uh i'm a healthier cory i'm a less angry cory than maybe i think the the rant i which by the way i still get fucking dms every day almost about hey buddy was listening to uh, a couple weeks ago the through the screen door podcast and you went on a rant." And I was like, oh, God, which one? They're like, you know, the one where you like were conflicted on whether or not people should die. And I was like, oh, right, that one. And I think uh, I, I like blew a fuse after that. And I've really been trying some self-care since then. I'm, I'm happy to report that I'm a, a happier, healthier Corey. And I'm really enjoying this podcast and can't. Uh, I look, literally, I look every time you upload it, I start getting pumped up about doing the next one, and I don't remember the last time I was like that with something.
1: It's a great feeling to have something that you're creatively involved in that people are enjoying. And let's not let's not bury the lead here, Corey. Um, you're sober; you're not drinking, and mm-hmm. uh, not that you're you hit rock bottom. Of course, we all know you hit that a no. long time ago and stayed. There. Say, yeah, for sure, you're still there. But yeah. you're sober. That means no drinking, no. No edibles, no CBD up the ass, nothing going
4: on? I'm still taking CBD, not up the ass. Uh, But no, no weed, no alcohol, and also, this is the biggest one for me, no nicotine of any kind whatsoever. Wow. I am completely, my only vice right now is Taco Bell's Mexican pizza, but I justify it because they are getting rid of it in November and, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, can you imagine if I didn't eat two Mexican pizzas every Friday and then come November they took them away and then I just had to live with the fact that I could have and didn't? Fuck that.
1: We were both chatting today with one of the best salesmen in the world via DM in our group chat, and he was saying that it is such a thing as a fake takeaway that perhaps, and we might bet money on this, that maybe Taco Bell has no... uh, is not really intending to get rid of the pizza. They're just exploiting people like you.
4: That's, that's good. First off, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm above being taken advantage of by a taco bell. I'm not at all. Like they've listened, they've got work. They've got better men than me. I promise. Um, but here's what I was saying to my wife. I'm kind of going the other way with it. Yeah. I, you know, Conrad is, absolutely could be correct it could be the fake takeaway but what i told my wife was because their whole pitch right now or not pitch but their whole reasoning behind saying they're taking it away is that the boxes are like bad for the environment you know what i'm saying like on the mexican pizzas what i think
1: is oh, because that of, just, because of renowned fucking environmental activist taco bell like that's their yeah, shit right
4: okay. yeah exactly exactly so that's what everybody was saying. Everybody's like, God damn it. Why don't you just put it in a different box? And I'm like, well, if, okay, if they're really getting rid of the Mexican pizza and they're sitting there telling you it's because of the box, all that is, is that the Mexican pizzas are not selling and they have a good PR team who was like, Hey, the Mexican pizzas aren't selling. We could just get rid of them or we could get rid of them and look good in the process by saying, Hey, these packaging is, is a piece of shit. So I don't know, man, like it could be the fake takeaway, but if it is the fake takeaway, that means Mexican pizzas would have had to have been dipping a little bit for them to want to use that gimmick on it. And I just can't like maybe I'm fat, and I am, maybe. But am. like, but I just I just cannot fathom the Mexican pizza not being over like Rover for everybody because it's my second favorite thing at Taco Bell, and that's only because Nacho Bel Grande is like duh
1: number one. I mean, it's not like they have big bags they could put it in, or the Nacho Bell Grande container they could put it in. It's not really, yeah. yeah.
4: Or or just hand it loose to me, like (laughs) through the
1: (laughs) drive. I don't care. Just give it to me loose, like hand to hand. Just just pass it over. I'll
4: come in there and make it and pay you for it. Like it's not a lot to ask. It like I'm I'm fucking. I love it. So I don't know. I hope it's I hope it's the fake giveaway. I hope like if they want to treat it like a McRib, I'm fine with that because god knows i don't need to go eat mexican pizzas as much as i do and it would feel like a little mini holiday to be like oh shit mexican pizzas are back and then we like you know you and some buddies go to taco bell jesus so, christ we've been in a pandemic so long i'm like fantasizing about me and my buddies getting together and going to taco bell
1: the inside of a taco bell though is kind of a dark place like if you're gonna mm-hmm. eat it there i haven't done it in a while but it's usually very cold and very cold uh symbolically too it's not very welcoming inside
4: yeah i was about to say it's it's a dark place metaphorically but like actually it's very bright like it's got it looks like a hospital waiting room uh it looks like a hospital waiting room made out of zuba's pants
1: (laughs) and the, the the chairs are not very comfortable either No, they're not. Did you watch 30 Rock? You didn't. I did not watch 30 Rock.
4: Oh, God damn it. There's an episode where Jack accidentally, Jack is Alec Baldwin. He gets these... uh uh couches and they malfunction but he has to figure out a way to sell them and they're like shaped really weird and he ends up selling them to the palestinian army as like a torture device or something like that that's how it feels to sit at a taco bell you can tell by the way that their benches and their booths are set up and even the way their shitty swivelly chairs that like they want you in there for exactly eight minutes and they want you to get the fuck out before you have diarrhea in their toilet
1: I'm surprised their benches don't have those little dividers like they have in this subway system, so you can't lay to down. To keep
4: homeless people out? Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> I know. But I know you, you'd think, because how many times have you been to Taco Bell and thought, Psh, I I need to lay down. I need to lay down right now.
1: Every single time. Well, let Every. me ask you this. Uh, no marijuana products of any type, no drinking, no nicotine. Mm-hmm. What is the hardest? Nicotine?
4: Um. I honestly no right now because I had kicked it a lo- like I was only smoking when I drink which like I know a lot of people like that but bef- when I used mostly, to smoke mostly
1: women I think you're the first man yeah. I think I've said that
4: yeah, but but it was just like no, I no I hear I hear you. Now back when I smoked smoked, like when I smoked real cigarettes, I smoked, you know, every 10 minutes whether I was drinking or not. The only thing is like here's my secret Matt Coon, I was always drinking. Um, nice. but like when I stopped uh when I stopped smoking real cigarettes and went to vape, it became I only smoked when I drank and I thought, "Oh, you're doing pretty good. That's nice." Then I was drinking a little bit too much. Um so We, uh, on my other podcast, uh, we got sponsored by a nicotine gum. I won't say it right here because they don't sponsor us. I won't say what the name is. But we got sponsored by a a nicotine gum gimmick situation. And they sent us a pack just to, like, try it out, you know, because we don't like to lie about any of our products. And I tried it out, and uh, I was chewing it for, like, a week. And I was like, oh, this is nice. And then, fucking sure enough, I was in the middle of a, a good drunk one night, like an eight hour drunk. I'm about four hours in, and I realized, oh my God, I haven't reached for my vape at all. And then I, I realized I actually, so I actually stopped uh, smoke, uh, stop, stopped nicotine. Lord, I can't talk. I stopped nicotine before I quit drinking. So to me, the hardest part of not drinking has just been, there's been a couple country artists uh, in the past few days put out albums. And that's a huge trigger of mine. When <laughs> when when a when, a, when a, I'm not like I know that sounds ridiculous, but like when an when a country artist that I really like puts out an album, I love like I can't I can't even hear the first note without wanting to crack open a cold beer and finish a 12 pack and finish the album. So because of that, I actually haven't listened to any of their music yet. I'm trying to get over the three week hump before I feel comfortable even listening to country music. But I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem at all. I can't even
1: listen to fucking music. so this nicotine gum uh even though they don't sponsor us they helped you out you you can mention their name it's lucy lucy Lucy. nicotine i I know lucy well i've never used it but i place their ads in several podcasts every week and yeah if you want to sponsor us you know i'm a great subject for that because no one smokes more than me um but talk about smoking we got a smoking show today we're gonna look at this
4: look at matt coon with the fucking segues that (laughs) segway was on fire much like the cigarettes i used to smoke
1: (laughs) pow much like the cigarette that i smoke our time in the intro is dwindling as i tell you (laughs) as i tell you we're gonna watch scott's tots today Corey. what are you feeling right now we haven't actually watched it yet we're recording this monday night it's hours before the show comes out. We're doing the intro in order. We have not watched it. What are your feelings right now?
4: Um, man, okay. I'm kind of like in two headspaces right now. One of them is there's a reason I haven't watched this goddamn episode. You know, I watched it once, I cringed. And for the record, I don't think it was like, oh my God, this is a terrible episode. It's just I've never like, I guess that Steve Carell is so good that I've never felt more secondhand embarrassment. And it's just one of those that I want to skip over. So part of me is like, oh my God, can I take any more fucking bullshit uh in with what's going on in the world? Do I need to watch another goddamn idiot making empty promises to a group of black kids? <laughs> um, <laughs> um but also on the one side, though, because I've seen The Office at least 18, 19 times all the way through, and that's that's a shoot. Like, that's not – like, there's at least – and when I say that, not, like, season eight and nine. You know what I mean? Like, I haven't seen those all the way through 18 or 19 times. But there's part of me that's kind of excited because this is going to a little bit feel like an episode I haven't have seen. Like, a, it feels like a new – I'm watching a new episode because it's not seared in my – well, a lot of it is seared in my brain.
1: Well, we're looking forward to that, of course, we have Caldwell's Corner this week, all kinds of cool stuff after this message from one of our sponsors.
4: I know that there is a lot of you people out there who are contrarians. I myself used to be one. Uh, Like back in the day when Lord of the Rings was super popular, I'd be like, oh well, if everybody likes it, that must be stupid. There's no way. And then of course I grew up and became an adult, and I realized that in some instances, you know the old phrase, 50 million Elvis fans can't be wrong, and sometimes if something is very popular, often that means that everybody's right. And it is good. And right now, I want to talk to you about CBD. All right, guys, your buddies over at YourCBDSource.com. These guys have been working in the field of cannabis formulations for over 25 years. Before anyone had even heard the buzz (laughs) about CBD, the folks at YourCBDSource were hard at work. They were laying the groundwork for what has become an incredible worldwide phenomenon. Their master formulator has developed groundbreaking recipes, innovations, infusions, symptom-specific terpene-based therapies, and a whole bunch of other big words put together. Let's just shoot straight, all right? This is the real deal. The owners of your CBD source created the very first fully organic—it's a great buzzword, folk—organic Fully organic CBD e-liquid on the market. Very first ones to do it. Can't take it away from them. Can't coach that, folks. Their innovative and original pet products, which I've used on my little buddy Palmer, were featured in High Times and Tails magazine. That's tremendous. I gotta get a subscription. Many of the most popular products on the market today were imitations of products developed by your CBD source. Since they have been pushing the boundaries with CBD from the beginning, they also push boundaries with prices. In the past, you would have to sell your soul to get on a CBD therapy program, but not anymore. No, sir. No more, my friend. Go to yourcbdsource.com today and use coupon code DOOR30, that's D-O-O-R and the number 30, and save 30%. That is fucking crazy. 30% on in house products. YourCBDSource.com. Once again, that website is YourCBDSource.com, serving all of your CBD and hemp product needs with legendary formulas since 2011. YourCBDSource.com. We thank them so much for sponsoring this podcast. And here's the deal, guys. Um, I'm going to be straight up, I'm going to be just straight up and honest with you. This is not that I would never, I would never, ever, 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 ever advertise a product on this show that I didn't believe in. That's just straight up. I wouldn't do it. Period. Full stop. All them words. But this is the one time that I've actually reached out to the advertiser because I was already using it beforehand. And I was like, hey, can we work something out? Like, this stuff is too good. I really, really enjoy it. When I was talking earlier about. You know, something being really popular and being contrarian and not believing it. It wasn't just that. Like to me, it was just like all this was witchcraft to me. There's no way this stuff works. Like, oh what? You're taking the part out of weed that don't get you fucked up, and that's the part I'm supposed to like. Get the fuck out of here. But I'm telling you guys, I'm a completely different person. I'm also I'm also a very forgetful person. So my wife often has to remind me like, hey, um, you might want to order some CBD, and I'm like, hey, how would you know I'm out? And she's like, cause you're being a dickhead right now. <laughs> um, I'm a high anxiety. I'm a high functioning, high anxiety. person. Person. Um, I suffer from depression, but it's more anxiety uh, driven. And I got to tell you, whenever I have my couple drops of the CBD uh, full spectrum oil uh, from yourcbdsource.com, it helps my day, man. It's just so much better. I don't drink as much. I'm just a, a more calm, cool, and collected soldier. Um, and so I can't recommend it enough. So like I said, I reached out to them and was like, hey, what can I do over here to get people this deal? And as I said, go to yourcbdsource.com today and use coupon code DOOR30 and save 30%. That is a, Shit ton of money. I saved over $120 like on my monthly CBD intake because of your yourcbdsource.com. So they can help you out. So go there. Use door 30. And now back to the podcast.
1: Skew. Corey, it is time to watch Scott's Toss. Before we do, let's explain a little bit. We have been watching bad movies. I think in the future, we should probably listen to a bad album or two. Now, this isn't necessarily bad, but this is cringy, and I think it is the most cringy thing of all time. Scott's Tots from The Office. If you haven't watched it, you can watch along with us. Corey, can you explain a little bit about what makes this... Well, explain why you've only watched it once when you've seen every other episode 20 times.
4: Man, I'm normally somebody who can like separate the art from the artist separate uh like my like me and Amber have this ongoing thing where if she sees somebody in a movie that we're watching and they were in like a very popular show that she enjoyed she's like i I just can't see i just can't see this person as anything other than blah 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 and i'm like babe it's a new thing we're supposed to enjoy it. None of this is real. Just suspend your disbelief. Blah, blah blah blah. So normally, nothing in a movie or a show ever really gets to me. I mean, sadness always gets to me, like a super sad movie. But then I can just be like, "Not real, Corey. Not real." Scott's Tots somehow it makes I can't. I and I don't. This maybe this is because it's so fucking. Maybe it's the best episode ever. I don't know, possible. but it makes me. It makes me feel more things than any comedy has ever felt. Like, scrubs can make me cry. This didn't make me cry. This made me, like, push so far back into my couch. You know what I mean? Like, just going, oh, oh my God. Are you fucking serious? Like, I don't know, man. Like, just secondhand embarrassment, which I normally don't get. It's so cringe worthy. It's just it's something else man and and by the way i looked up before i didn't read this article cuz it was very fucking long that's a, i'm a liberal um, <laughs> uh, but but there was wasn't the a new I, yorker
1: I, was it in the new yorker you know just to get the headline and the yeah. first paragraph and you're good
4: yeah, pretty much. Uh, well, what it was, I looked up Scott's tots. I, I just like googled it because uh, I was gonna go on Reddit to see like everybody else's opinion, and there was a fucking like article that was like the scientific reason behind why you can't watch Scott's tots more than once. So I was like, okay, it's not
1: just me. But well, you didn't find out why. No. Well, <laughs> <laughs> everybody, look, look. I will after after this. Maybe we'll go no. discuss- Maybe we'll discover here's, it ourselves.
4: Here's how my brain works. I just saw that and I was like, well, enough people agree with me that they thought to write a fucking article about it. That's all I wanted to know. Validated. <laughs> yeah, validated. Just like, just like how you do with political articles. You know, oh, that completely validates everything I believe. Moving on.
1: So our intention is to make this a watch along so you guys can watch along at home. Here's what we did. We brought it up on Netflix or you can bring it up on your streaming device. And once you hit play, it like starts. So I kind of backed it up to where there's a black screen in front of me. Do you have a black screen in front of you, Corey?
4: I sure do, Matt Coon. It is black as night. You did
1: not until I just said that, did you? You are correct, sir. All right. So three, two, one, play. So the show opens up with Andy Bernard walking into Michael Scott's office. Andy Bernard, probably the best Later season edition of any character.
4: I agree. Uh, uh, he definitely, especially when you get into later seasons when Michael Scott's leaving, he was a nice, it, it was good to have him there to fill that like awkward void. Uh, and I would agree. Ed Helms is a fucking tremendous actor, man.
1: This scene is to me the only laughs in the entire episode where he's uh, Michael Scott's confronting uh, Andy about using baby talk. It's <laughs>
4: Andy have a boo-boo tummy.
1: <laughs> and he's so good at being, you know, irate and defensive and he does it that here. It's the way that Michael Scott delivers these lines. Our, our fan footy woodies, num nums, yeah. jammies make boom boom ridiculous and woe to Iwan. Woe to
4: Iwan. Woe to Iwin. Do I sometimes replace R's with W's? Do I sometimes repeat a word to get my point across? That's fine. Yeah. Andy's Andy's really, really, really or excuse me, um, Ed Helms is super good at playing this try hardy like douche nozzle. And by, well, douche nozzle is probably a hard because Andy's still likable. He's just like he's just a very cringy kind of douchey dude. And he knows how to play that's one of my favorite fucking jokes. That's one of my favorite Michael Scott moments ever. It's when Andy compliments his Elvis thing to get out of it, and Michael goes, I'll do an
0: Elvis. Approach. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification to individualized coaching services to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.
2: Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call Working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov/careers.
4: Nation, and he goes, "It's a very good one, Michael." And he goes, "Thank you, thank you a lot." I can say, "Thank you very much." He goes, "Thank you, thank you a lot." It's he so
1: perfect. Always misses. Of course, now we have the intro with the music and and the sequence of people. Ah, uh, Michael Scott straightening up the the statue in his office, and now begins Scott Toss. Jim Halpert as co-manager. This this was, uh, of course, a bad idea in any, and it didn't work on Scrubs either.
4: You mean it was a bad idea for the show or for like the inner world of the
1: Office? The, the inner world of the Office, much like uh, okay, right. JD and Elliot being co-resident managers.
4: Absolutely, it's it's funny. I I want to rewatch of Scrubs too, and I just got there the other day, and I was like, oh shit, they did this on the Office.
1: And uh, Andy and Jim have a really good rapport and chemistry together. I think. Yeah, they do. They do. They're
4: they're like, you know, sometimes Jim can be a fucking dickhead.
1: Totally. He, he, he's got like a little bit of "I'm better than you" vibe.
4: He really does. And like, I think that when he was the uh, when he was just a, you know regular salesman out there with everybody, it kind of came across as like, oh, he's just goofing around, blah blah blah. But now that he's kind of in a position of power, you're like, oh, okay,
1: this, you can be a little fucking a bit of an asshole. We have Aaron going through Michael's uh, spam and leftover emails, and she's saying, Oh, you've got some, some uh, titties on there. And Michael has got like, uh, It's not mine.
4: Uh, hey, by the way, also, uh, Aaron, uh, God damn it, I can't, think, I can't remember the actress that plays her. Um, that's another great late season or uh, l- late series edition, in my opinion. She's really, really good. Well, I don't
1: think they picked up anybody that was bad
4: no of course not i mean even when they had like when they had to pick up some new ball, like james spader like it was weird not having michael scott there but goddamn dude james bader fucking crushes and kathy bates are you kidding me get the fuck out of here <laughs>
1: spader kills it it's oh, he it, does. He his career now here's why i don't like the episode i think because the secondary plot which is being developed now where jim wants to do an employee of the month is another example of a character being shit on it's not a fun Right. Line. It's right. not a cool line. It's another one that stresses you out. So there's no comic relief going on in this episode at all.
4: Right. I don't know, man. I, you know, I, well, first off, I like Michael in there. Like, yeah, it's a good idea. I, it could, that could be a morale boost for me. Michael thinks that he's pitching him to be the fucking employee of the month. And then that's a great lie, too, when he's like, well, no, you're a manager. Oh, uh, actually, I'm a co manager.
1: And Dwight's plan is to get Jim fired, that David's going to call in six hours. And now we get the reveal of, Scott's tots. Aaron does not know what Scott's tots is, and uh the Michael Scott Foundation is a thing,
4: buddy. I'm already feeling it.
1: What this Scott's is great tots? too.
4: Stanley, Stanley immediately is <laughs> like, "Oh shit! I forgot about this." That.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know this episode's on. Okay, so now we learn what's going on. Stanley's pointing out, but for Stanley to have such a visceral reaction to it, you know that something important is going to happen.
4: Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you don't know that it's, God, as bad as it's going to be, but, like, Stanley loves Michael Scott failing so goddamn much, and that makes me so happy.
1: And he doesn't give a shit about anything, so if if Stanley is that interested and that enamored with this subject, we immediately are, too.
4: Oh, absolutely, man. I want to know what what Michael fucked up so bad that made Stanley lose his
1: shit. And, okay, so, Pam makes sure he goes this is the pam pam took a turn here's the picture of the kids poor michael scott he's about to fucking he's got all the oh he's got the artwork oh god damn it and but this pam <laughs> 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 what are you laughing at? What are you laughing at? <laughs> That's
4: the be- one of the best office jokes I've ever heard. Michael Scott goes, "I've made some empty promises in my life, but this was by far the most
1: generous."
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, this Pam, I wasn't a fan of the evolution of Pam into this more assertive, kind of less appealing character. I'm not sure how to put it. She's just not the same Pam in later years that she was.
4: I, too, don't like it when women get ahead and start succeeding, Matt Cohn. You can say it
1: out loud. That's exactly what it is. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she just doubled her sales to four, so she's not killing it, but she's kind of cocky she's she's kind of bossy and she's kind of mean.
4: Yeah, oh, I got a kid. Look at me.
1: Her and fucking Jim both a little bit too big for their britches, if you ask me. And yeah, Jim is cocky, and that's something that he's brought down a little bit. Dwight is putting his plan into motion. He's being played hard by Dwight here, even mostly unintentionally, but he still is.
4: It's wild, man, that like, you know, that him and Dwight are still like, Dwight's still trying to take Jim down six seasons in because like, towards the end of the show, it's like they're best, they become best buddies, and you realize like the whole time. Like, oh, you know, we—it's like a brother brother thing. We're just fucking with each other. But like, dude, I—you know—me and my buddies fuck with each other from time to time, no doubt. You know, like when we're on tour, Drew will like—he will—he'll steal the key to my room out of my wallet and go fuck my hotel room up and stuff. But like, he never tried to get me fired, like multiple goddamn times. Like, dude, there is no way that Dwight. There's no world in which Dwight and Jim ever end up being. Oh goddamn it, Matt Coon, here we are.
1: Okay, so here it is. It begins. Um, He's greeted by the nicest high school girl, and he's very interested. Michaela. You can tell Michael Scott's in a bad mood because he snaps at Aaron.
4: Yeah, and and I I do think I remember watching this for the first time when they – I love this. I love (laughs) – The Michael Scott reading room. Do you want to go in? Not at all. Not not at all. (laughs) I remember reading or watching this the first time and being like, like God damn it. Of course the writers made him, made him black. Of course they did this to make it even, like it's going to be even worse.
1: Um, they're so happy to see him. They're, you know, and now they're going to give speeches. They, it, it just keeps getting rubbed in deeper. And, and look at Michael. He's just uncomfortable now. He is, it's terrible. We're already cringing
4: no i'm cringing in because like he's playing it all the way up into the- oh and god here they go here they go baby the song that's been stuck in my head for like 15 years here we go hey mr scott what you gonna do what you gonna do make a dreams come true hey mr scott what you gonna do what you gonna do make a dreams come true and they're giving it the fuck they've got a baseline behind it. oh my god my man's just coming in and
1: and he's, he's like telling, you know, I could have done drugs. I could have been anywhere, but you made everything possible. And they're just, this is why it's just digs in on you. It's unrelenting in its cringiness.
4: Cause they play it. Michael Scott is playing this. I mean, he is <laughs>
1: going down with the ship. Like Aaron, Aaron singing along with it is a special moment.
4: Like, this could have just been a phone call. Like, I know that it's like, be a man, but like, dude, you've already done the worst thing ever. Just do one more bad thing and you don't have to go to the school. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no, like, that's my thought on it is like, I've already literally promised people tuition that they're not going to get. And some people would think the least I can do is go see them face to face. To me, I'd be like, that's, it's not going to make it better. So just do one more bad thing and you don't have to go.
1: Am I wrong? Was that not what you'd do? Man. I put stuff off, but I'm not sure. When they hit 8th grade, ninth grade, that's when I'd make the phone call. I'd be like, hey, look, yeah. fucking listen. You know, not like... You know, apparently it was nah, done in the school. end. And, yeah. and also, so now we're... Dwight is putting into his plan in motion. We're back at the school, and now we have a speech by by a teacher. Is this a teacher or a parent? I believe this is a teacher for sure. Now he's just... He's just dying. She's saying with hard work anything's possible. You are a dream maker, and I thank you. And Michael Scott is just dying inside as we all are.
4: I I love that like nobody though questioned the fact. Like he's still just the regional manager of a paper company. Like throughout the years, no one thought to holler, check in, see how he made his multi multi-millions of dollars. <laughs> like this guy wouldn't have been in the paper for something else before. I'm not gonna try to pull holes. Like we have to suspend
1: him. Look at him crying. Dude, this is the, a perfect it's the best. That that shot of him crying is the funniest. Steve Carrill is unbelievable, man. So one of the reasons it's it's so cringy is just because it's so effective. It's done so well. Yeah. And as is this scene, which is also just as cringy. Uh not quite as cringy, but it's still cringy. Jim's set up where he's gonna announce employee of the month uh, is was him somehow through Dwight Schrেgans second place was uh his wife Pam and everybody turns on him which was his plan
4: master manipulator Dwight Schrute. I mean I kind of feel for Jim a little bit here because like there's nothing there's nothing worse than absolutely knowing that you're right and having an entire room of people oh. not fucking believe you for a second it's like that it's like that Chappelle bit. Please believe me. Please, I didn't fuck that bitch. Please believe me. <laughs> like I feel for. I've been in. I've been in this situation not a lot. Usually I'm wrong. If a whole group of people is telling me I'm wrong, I usually am. Uh, but I, I feel for him here. And Dwight is just fucking. I mean, what a what a guy. With, man. But another thing about Dwight is like how many of these schemes he's been able to brilliantly pull off over the years, yet he still can't just become a manager of a regional paper company.
1: Well, the thing about this episode is he rarely ends up on top like he does in this episode. It's one one reason why the episode is hard to watch, because if they had a silly, funny line as a secondary plot, I think it would work better. But now we have Michael Scott about, about to make the speech. Oh, my God. He's look he's, at him. He's again. Him on.
4: <laughs> he's he's still like I'm gonna at least take this for what it's worth. I'm gonna take the adoration of
1: up until the fucking zero dark thirty, son. And he is trying to lessen the blow. What you have done for <laughs> me today? Who uh, here has
4: done something stupid
3: in their lives?
1: <laughs> you know, switched up your classes a little bit, <laughs> and they all raise their hands. Oh, here it comes. He says, "Well, me too. I've done something stupid, which I would like to share." Oh, my God. And now he thinks class is over and he's, he's yeah.
3: Oh, oh, can we go?
4: <laughs> that's a perfect piece of shit move to, like, oh, am I out? Did I somehow get – like, that's such, such the five stages of grief. He's at bargaining right now. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, no, he, we he,
1: He's still looking for a way out. <laughs> intuition. <laughs> intuition is just as valuable. That is – this is a great line. That is when something – you know when something's about to happen. Does everybody out there have intuition? Like, what's going to happen now? It's fantastic.
4: This is one of many Michael Scott like speeches monologues throughout the show where he. It's a very similar thing where the whole crux of the monologue is based on Michael misunderstanding a word or something and then going off like like when he was given the speech uh, the wedding speech and he says uh, the Webster's dictionary defines wedding as the fusing right. together of two metals, <laughs> and clearly we saw well but i i feel like the writer's room everyone was chomping at the bit like can i get one of these fucking michael scott monologues please because these have to be so much fun to write
1: he's broken the news mm-hmm. and he says i'm so so sorry and the looks everybody has excuse me and The looks that michael scott has my you know what that's why it's so cringy he sells this. So He's a great
4: good. actor, man. He's a great fucking. Act. Steve Carell is top ten most talented people of in my lifetime. He's not of my generation, but that's in my it. lifetime,
1: ever. Yeah, that, that's it. That's why it's so good. It's Carell sells yeah. it. I I wasn't able to pinpoint it till now. And he, it's, and this rings true too. He said, "By the time I was forty, I thought I'd be rich." It's fantastic.
4: Yeah, it, like anybody who, like when my, you know, when when uh, when Steve Carell was pegged to play a fox catcher, that very dramatic role, anybody who was like, "I don't know if this guy can pull off drama," has never seen Scott's Tots. Period.
1: <laughs> he says <laughs> it, was <laughs> it was in my wet dreams.
3: He says in my wet dreams.
1: Oh, this is fuck! I remember this. This is great. So he's trying to lessen the blow now of course he has Aaron bring out the suitcase for the big reveal of what he's giving them instead he t- he
3: he that's the he builds their hopes up again that they're laptops. I know and he does it to the audience too you're like wow my man my man went out and bought them laptops
1: and and they go okay and for a second they're like okay well all right i guess
4: Here's the joke here's the joke ladies and gentlemen he says You can still go to class online, and online classes are rendered useless without your very own laptop. Everybody gets excited, and he goes, and laptops are rendered useless unless you have a battery. (laughs) And he gives everyone, which I've never seen, by the way. Have you ever had to replace a battery on a
1: laptop? And they're they're not universal either, which is great. No, fuck no. So now we're back to the office, uh, and Jim has been played. Everybody's upset at him, and everybody's (laughs) upset at Pam. Creed. Dwight, Dwight has finally pulled off a caper. It's taken a long time, but he got over on Jim, and that doesn't happen uh, often.
4: No, and, and uh, Creed, with his one line of the show that rules, is he just pops his head up and goes, you know, guys, I'm starting to suspect that Pam's not even
2: <laughs> pregnant.
1: <laughs> now they realize Pam would be in second place, and now everybody in the office feel, realizes the fix is in, realizes that Jim is a bad guy, even though he's never been bad to any of them, but it shows a distrust that people have of management. Sometimes
4: I'd feel this way. Like, yeah, that, you know, like I said, as much as I feel for Jim right now, I, if I was sitting out there, I definitely would be like, okay, fuck this dude. Fuck his wife. Cause she don't hit. And yeah, I'm, I'm, this is so great. Overkill by Dwight, the king of overkill, the fucking
1: cake. He has a cake delivered and it's a picture of his face. <laughs> It
3: could only be you.
1: And from now on, because I watch um, Scrubs, that's called a face cake to me from now on. Yeah, face cake. It's very...
4: Oh, and this is great, too. uh, Dwight doing all the impressions. This is Kevin Malone. This is... Jim is being very disrespectful at the office. It's a great Kevin Malone. It is. his, His Stanley's pretty good, but his Kevin is fucking bananas good.
1: This is Stanley Hudson. So now we have, I guess, the moment that's supposed to redeem Michael Scott a little bit he gets confronted not so much confronted as talked to by one of the kids who he's whose life he's destroyed
4: oh my god dude again like that's another thing about this episode just when you think like okay the tension's over i can i can breathe michael scott's out of it hey let this underprivileged black kid come follow him out of the high school yeah, I, can I give you an extra laptop battery not everybody took
3: one <laughs>
1: So then Michael Scott makes yet another promise, and he binds himself to it by writing a bunch of checks to cover his books. Look, he said, I'll cover your books. And he goes, yeah, it's fine. And then he goes, yeah, it's $1,000. And he's like, oh, wow, that's a lot. And that's like, like $200 a year. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, and Michael Scott agreed. Okay, fine. And he's still in over his head. He should have been like, No.
4: Yeah, dude, at this point, like, well, first off, this kid's going to go in there and tell everyone what you've just done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're not just going to – like, you, now, honestly, you're being more of a dickhead by just paying for this one kid's books. Like, he just cannot – his mouth is so big, and his foot is the only thing that fits in there. It's fucking tremendous, and man.
1: He's he goes, that's a lot of zeros. He's still more concerned over that. And then <laughs> – the, yeah. Now, David Wallace calls – jim he closes the door and he talks to david wallace which was dwight's plan for david wallace to call after Mm -hmm. supposed employees called to complain about jim
4: yeah again man dwight dwight's fucking stepping his game up son i don't think if dwight's this smart and also owns so much land why does he waste his goddamn i mean i guess insurance and the 401k yeah it's all that stuff i
1: forgot about how adults are but he's also fixating on something and then he pulls out he's a lunatic he is. He pulled out a spy pen and he listens to this conversation between David Wallace and Jim and realizes um, they're they're still friends. And, you know, and Dwight is horrified that he did not get Jim fired.
4: Am I alone in thinking that it would have been such a great ending to The Office if Dwight had been the fucking Scranton Strangler?
1: You know, the talk is it was Toby. Right. Which is great, by the way. Aaron singing the song, Mr. Scott, what you gonna do in the car with Michael Scott. That's fantastic.
4: She's such an eternal optimist dipshit, but she's so fucking she's just cute
1: as a button. I destroyed <laughs>
3: 15 young lives today. Oh my God.
1: Uh, and so um Aaron. <laughs>
3: <laughs> There's financial aid, or they could join the army or navy.
1: <laughs> and Michael Scott goes, You're what, 12? <laughs> <laughs> but Aaron brings the news to Michael Scott, which is supposed to help us too. That ninety percent of them graduated on track to graduate, thirty-five percent higher than the school. Michael Scott's empty promise did help them, even though it may have exposed them to a world um, that is full of empty promises and lies. Lying to kids never hurt,
4: man. Ask my mom. They lied to me like a motherfucker when I was a kid, and it worked out.
1: I lied to Matthew today. I'll lie to him tomorrow.
4: What'd you lie today about?
1: I didn't really lie. I didn't see him today. But <laughs> you, you you can't be but so honest, I think, sometimes. I love
4: that right there at the end, Michael just looks at her and just goes, I think you're doing a really great job. <laughs> just because she, she just was like, hey, by the way, I think you did a fucking great thing. He's like, yep. That is all Michael Scott has ever
1: needed is a yes man or woman. You know and he now Michael Scott this is what's interesting he's giving Erin a chance to be an accountant even though she's bad at math and said that you know I kind of developed Kevin Kevin applied for the warehouse and and he says I had a feeling about him I had a feeling about you too so maybe Michael Scott does make a difference in some people's lives
4: Yeah but like Kevin famously fucks up the reports all the time and like it's a running joke that he's the biggest piece of shit accountant that they have so like to me it's just like Yeah, only in Michael Scott's world would a guy like Kevin be a goddamn accountant.
1: We close out with another scene in the office where Dwight is not reaping the benefits of his plan, and Ryan comes up to him and says, I know about your diabolical plan.
4: Yeah, man, Ryan Ryan's also had it out for Jim. They both got it out for him. And complete. I like that the uh, diabolical plan is in the office font. By the yeah, way, right. like it's in the like it's in the font of the show, The Office, not like your regular Helvetica or Times New
1: Roman. Um, and, and Ryan and Dwight decide to have an alliance to take down Jim, and that brings us to the end of Scotts Tots, Corey Ryan Forrester. We have now done it. We have watched it. Have we made the world a better place for it?
4: I think so. Made my world a better place. Uh, here's why. I think it's a great, great fucking episode, honestly. I think like now that like once the sting's over, I can't get hurt anymore. I think there's a lot of fucking good jokes in there. And I also think like again, man, there's just not enough that you can say about Steve Correll.
1: I mean, I kind of think that's bullshit though, Corey, because you've gone so long with just seeing it once. So now that we're watching it now as an entertainment value for the people listening, maybe we can see the good in it. But what is it about that episode that made you not want to watch it ever again?
4: I mean, you know, maybe to me, it's just, I think maybe it reminds us all we've done that. Like everyone, we've everyone now, not to that extent. You know what I'm saying? No, I don't know. Let's. I don't know anyone, dude, if you do something to that extent, you make the fucking paper and I'll hear about you. But like, I think that we've all made promises that we couldn't back up. I think that we've all kept doubling down on them, hoping against hope that something would work out. And we all, yeah. You know, hopefully we learned from that lesson, but like, I think we definitely all know how that feels and that episode brings all that back, like therapy, you know what I mean like i don't know it's i can't think of one specific moment in my life, but subconsciously i'm having an eternal struggle of like you've done this, you 've done something like this, oh God, do you remember how it felt? Oh Jesus, Michael, get out, get out, get the fuck out oh he's not getting out, oh God, this is just going to get worse. how do I know i've fucking done it before Christ
1: almighty so know, I think that's why it's just it's too real I think an extension of that is not so much done something that was just so fucked up but just that moment that you have to face the music like that came through so real and like whether it was our parents finding out we didn't clean the house when they came home or whatever it was that was it for me by the way I, like i think about that I guess. yeah for sure for sure and you know for for him he had to he had to he was forced to face the music of his own actions and i think that really brings us all to a negative space, I guess.
4: Yeah, I think that's what it is, man. Like your stomach just turns in pits because, like, it just, like I said, it just triggers you and and just reminds you of a time that you you had nothing. Like you 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 lied and you were about to be court martialed for it by your parents or whatever the fuck, and there was nothing you could uh, do.
1: That's even worse, that? right? If if you, worse than not, ha- let's say how this happened to me a couple times where you lied and you lied and you lied and you lied and it all fucking came unraveled and you had to face the yeah music.
4: not only do you have to face the music but you have to face yourself going all you had to do was not that what a dumb fucking thing to have done like it's you know like there's fuck ups we have where it's like you understand the intention but like why the fuck would I have ever promised that? Jesus fucking Christ. I'm an idiot. I can't imagine it on this grand of a scale, but Christ.
1: Yeah, but with Michael Scott being Michael Scott, he's not focused on that at all. He's just focused on the moment. Like, why do I have to do On this? the glory.
4: It goes back to that joke, which I think was the joke, joke of the show uh, when he says, I've made a lot of empty promises in my day, but this is by far the most generous. <laughs> like, He still was patting himself on the back. Like, it felt so good to... But when, when
1: Pam confronts him, that's really the moral of the story is you've done a terrible thing. This is terrible. You're terrible. Yeah. Yeah, this you're is alert. awful. What the fuck, dude? You know? Yeah. <laughs>
4: like, <laughs> but it, And again, there's not a guy. There's no turning back, man. I still feel like I would have just done one more bad thing and just called and said, hey, sorry, didn't do it. I, I fucked up. I'll see you later. I couldn't face him. There's no way. And again, I've already done the bad thing, so fuck it.
1: But the other part of it is poor Michael Scott, right? Because he did have the, he did have good intentions, you know? I mean, and, it's,
4: and it's clearly a fucking, like something's wrong with it. Something is wrong with you to think I'm going to make this fucking product. I'm going to be so sick. Buddy, I think I'm going to be successful. I really do. I, I believe in myself. I've got some plans. I think I'm smart. I wouldn't promise someone $1,000 10 years from now, let alone goddamn college tuition for an entire class of people. But, I mean, yeah, poor Michael Scott, that he is that functionally handicapped. This episode of Through the Screen Door with Corey Ryan Forster is brought to you by the loose peppermints in that old lady's pocketbook at church that you eat out of guilt, the loose peppermints in that old lady's pocketbook at church that you eat out of guilt. Is that lint? Is it dog hair? Who knows? Just suck it up and eat it, you brat. She'll be dead next week. The loose peppermints in that old lady's pocketbook at church that you eat out of guilt from the people who brought you stolen fake sugar packets. Now, back to the show.
1: All right, Corey, we have watched Scott's Tots. We talked about the news. We heard the monologue. We heard from Caldwell's Corner, Conspiracy. Is that all C's, by the way?
4: Yeah, it's all C's, yeah. (laughs) I know why you asked that, you dirty boy.
1: And we've done so much yet again. We're so grateful to our listeners who listen to us every week and leave us five-star reviews on iTunes as well as check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash screen door. But most importantly, Corey Ryan Forrester, what did you learn this week?
4: I learned that... uh you should give things a second chance. I gave Scott's Stotts a second chance, and I'm very happy that I did. I think I've learned that sometimes something, just because something makes you feel bad doesn't mean that it is bad, if that makes any sense.
1: <laughs> that sounds like the worst rapey line ever.
3: I know. I know. You're right. Hey, baby.
1: So... <laughs> <laughs>
4: So if it Scott's felt good, we'd all do it. God, Jesus Christ, <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you
1: and me going along with that bullshit? <laughs> I'm so sorry. So Scott Tots is in the rearview mirror. So much to look forward to. So much to do. Corey, you're going to try to keep up your sobriety another week, or are we going to have a, a bender this weekend?
4: I I'm I'm, Man, I know how this is about to sound. I know how Here this is go. about to sound because we go. Lord knows I've said it so many times. Lord Never knows heard. everybody. I don't mean never again. I'll never say never again to anything because that's not right. Like, I definitely, you know, if we were, let's say it was summer scam weekend or Christmas at Conrad's, we might have a beer, you know, absolutely. But just the whole, like, I was just, I've just been drinking just to drink. Like, I get... I get bored and we're well not bored. I've never really been bored. Like in my I get, I get mad when people are "Oh, I'm bored. Write something." Or fucking you got the world at your fingertips. Go watch a movie you've never seen before. You fucking dork bored. The fuck is bored? Remember something. Think about. Jerk off. Do something. Um but I've been so, like I have it took me to 32, almost 33 to realize this, but like I there's so many more hours in the day when you aren't fucked up all the time. <laughs> like there's that You don't get the hours back that you were drunk. So if I'm drunk for like you know six or seven hours, I'm not creative. You think that you're the most creative person in the world when you're drunk, and you're not. You're just not. And then you're losing the next day of sleep and not feeling very good. I've, I've been in such a good mood for the past couple of weeks. I've been writing a lot. I've been watching a lot of great television. I've been uh, talking to friends and family on the phone, like not oh text. I know like I'm like repairing some relationships and stuff. By the way, guys, I didn't go to a fucking AA or like 12 step. I'm like, I had to, I had to reach out to everybody I've ever wronged and go knock on their door. But like I have, like I've had the energy to reach out and call and catch up with some people and I'm enjoying it. Um, I'm having a good time. Like the, the just feeling good has sort of filled, filled the void of, of feeling real, real good. My anxiety is so down. My depression is so down and I've just got to, keep thinking to myself this is worth it like it's so yeah i'd love to be fucked up and have a beer but at the same time like i can feel good all day and i'm so not used to feeling good all day the anxiety is 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 a lot of it for me like i haven't really been huffing and puffing during the news today i only screamed one time my god i don't know man i think i I think it might just be a new lifestyle you know
1: what i mean well i know it's gonna be interesting to listen back six months from now this episode and see where you are then (laughs) How far I've fallen. Yeah. See, see I mean, no, no. See how much you've grown. See how much yeah. you've evolved in yours as you you know chase the world with your new sobriety uh, cause. I think it's gonna be fantastic six months from now.
4: Uh, I'm gonna be on meth. <laughs>
1: well, hopefully you guys won't be on meth because you guys will be listening to through the screen door where it never gets boring over at of course screendoorpod.com or the Patreon. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. And we will see you next week on Through the Screen Door with Corey Ryan Forrester.